So our reading today uh, is from Psalm 8, which can be found on page 546 in the Church Bibles. So that's Psalm 8, um, starting at verse 1. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Thank you, Sam. Hi. I'm doing something slightly different this week. I've got control of the slides using this old iPhone that's nearly old enough to join the youth group. <laughs> and I just want to check it's working before we properly get going. Great. <laughs> that means I can relax a little bit. I can summarize Psalm 8 for you very easily. Okay? God has made amazing things. And he really loves us, so let's worship him. We're going to go through each of those three points, and for each of those three points, we're going to look at how David knew it to be true, and we're going to realize that we have some advantages over David of knowing it to be true, okay? So, God has made amazing things. David, I'm pretty sure, wrote this psalm whilst looking at a night sky, you have set your glory in the heavens. And he makes it clear later that by heavens, he's talking about the skies. And he's, when he talks about the moon and the stars. I don't know about you. What do you feel when you see a beautiful night sky? Perhaps you feel what culture often tells us we should feel when we look at a night sky which is a combination of, wow, that's beautiful, and I'm really small. Does looking at the bigness of space make you feel small? Look at this that, as an example of what I mean. So this is a silly little cartoon of someone looking at the stars and wanting to shout at their significance because actually they feel like they're an insignificant dust speck when they look at the stars. Is that how you feel? No. <laughs> well, it's not how David feels. David looks at the stars and ends up saying, you have made human beings a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. David looks at the stars and ends up thinking about how much God loves humans.
you have set your glory in the heavens. David knows that God has made amazing things because he can see it. Of course he can see it. He lives, or lived, before there were streetlights. I live pretty close to the center of Southampton. On a clear night, I can maybe see eight or nine stars. David could look at the sky and see countless stars. A beautiful night sky. He had an advantage over me in seeing God's glorious heavens. But I think we've got a better advantage than David when it comes to knowing that God's creation is awesome. Because we have the James Webb Space Telescope. I look at that and think, wow, God's made something beautiful. That makes me just feel awe. If just the visual of that doesn't do it for you, how about this? The light from that cloud of dust and stars and gas. The light that left there, that was collected by the James Webb Telescope, left before the human race had worked out how to use metal. Light, which travels faster than we can even get our heads around, took so long to travel from that thing, but we went from not knowing how to use metal to building a space telescope that could capture the light. That's how far away this, that, that beautiful cloud is. That's how big God's creation is. Maybe that doesn't do it. Maybe realizing that the scale of that thing compared to the scale of our solar system, which you know, is already bigger than we can get our heads around, but the scale of that thing compared to the scale of the solar system is the same difference as the scale of a human being to the scale of an ant. That thing is huge and very, very, very far away and beautiful. That's God's creation. When David says that God has set his glory in the heavens, he has no idea because he can only see a sky full of stars. We can look at pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope and see just how glorious God's creation really is. David, in the middle of talking about how wonderful the heavens are, has a slightly weird verse in verse 2. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. I think what David is getting at here is that the God's creation is so wonderful, it makes children just go, wow. God's creation is so wonderful, children in their just simplicity end up praising him. Jesus in Matthew's gospel quotes this verse when children are just praising Jesus because they've seen what Jesus is doing. When we, as like children, which what Jesus tells us to be like, just see what God has done and just want to praise him, somehow that establishes a stronghold against God's enemies. 
It silences his foes. It silences the Avengers. Not the Avengers, the superheroes, but anyway. So, we can look at the glory of creation and know that God has made amazing things. And this makes David think about how much God loves humans. He asks the question, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. We don't really get told why God cares for them. Elsewhere in the Bible we do. It talks about us being made in the phrase God's image. And we get a chance to be his children. But here, David just enjoys how much God cares and how much God loves his people. The other thing to notice is this is about mankind, the whole of it. Sometimes in the Bible, quite often in the Bible, it's talking about God's chosen people through whom he is doing his plan. But in this psalm, it's talking about the whole of the human race. David knows that the human race is loved by God. He, knows that he thinks that we are so loved that we've been made a little lower than the angels and crowned with glory and honor. That is quite a lot. That David says that God really loves humans. He knows this because he knows that humans have been put in charge of things. You've been made them rulers over the works of your hands. David knew that God loves humans because he gave us creation to rule over. Now, it's important to say that rulership in the Bible isn't about exploitation. It's not for the benefit of those in charge. It's for the benefit of those who are ruled over. And we're not doing a very good job of ruling over creation. But God loves us so much he gave it us to rule over. That's why David knows that God loves humans. Because he gave us the first, most important position in creation. We can use that to know that God loves humans as well, but also because of Jesus. We can look at the stars and go, wow, God has made amazing things. We can know that God loves humans because of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Probably the most famous verse of the Bible Maybe the only verse that competes with it is in the beginning God created the world. The God who created the world loves his world so much that he gave his son. The God who made that. Scientists are normally bad at naming things. I think they did a good job with this one. They called it the pillars of creation. But the God who made a beautiful universe the universe full of wonders, ruled by finely written, fine-tuned, beautiful laws of science. A creation with just breathtaking beauty. A creation 
of artistry and a creation of massive proportions. The creator of the whole beautiful universe came to earth. That's what the Bible says. The creator of everything came to earth and from being an infant to an adult and all those awkward stages in between so that he could go to the cross. The creator of the universe loves his universe, his creation so much that he went to the cross. God has made amazing things and he really loves us. The word world in John 3.16, for God so loved the world, is the word cosmos in Greek. It's a word that means creation and we are God's favorite part of it. God made a big, beautiful universe and we are his favorite part of it. Maybe that leaves you not knowing what to do. Well, David knew what to do. He worshipped. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is how David starts and ends this psalm. Lord, our Lord. Now, if you look in the Bibles or look on screen, you'll see that there's the word Lord twice there in English. There's not the word Lord twice there in Hebrew. The first Lord, the one in your Bibles, is in small caps, is the personal name of God. For out of a desire not to misuse God's name, quite early on, in, that got replaced by just a placeholder Lord. The second Lord is the word Lord in Hebrew. It's the word Adonai. So this is the personal name of God, and then David saying, our Lord. Maybe the equivalent for us would be saying, Jesus, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. There are times in the Bible where the replacing the personal name of God, Yahweh, which is best guess on how to pronounce it, with Lord, takes out meaning. For example, the Ten Commandments is, I, the Lord your, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. That is, I am Yahweh your God. It's not saying I'm the boss, saying I am the one who brought you out of Egypt, and this is my name, and I'm going to be your God. And here, Lord our Lord, it's not saying, boss my boss, or master my master. It's saying, Yahweh, the name by which you have shown me that I can know you. You're our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. David looks at the stars, knows how beautiful they are, and says that Yahweh's name is majestic. And yet some people look at the stars and think they're tiny. David looks at the stars and thinks he's loved. So, we worship. David told, kind of hinted at how to worship 
Worship like a little child who just looks at something beautiful and goes, wow. And when you worship God in just that simple way, just acknowledging how wonderful he is, it establishes a stronghold against God's enemies and it silences his foes. If you do struggle with feeling small and insignificant, the solution is not to big yourself up, it's to worship God. And that will build a fortress that makes you know that you are loved because you are worshipping a God who loves you. If you are struggling knowing who you are, worship God and it will build a fortress against that doubt. I said that David has an advantage for these, and we have a bigger advantage. David's advantage for worshipping God was that he was a genius songwriter and a brilliant harpist. Our advantage is we don't have to lug around a harp. And we don't have to write psalms. We can if you want to. If that's how you helps you worship, write away. But we can use technology to help us worship. If you have a phone and the internet, you can, if you want to worship God, you can look up any of the songs that David wrote worshipping God. We don't need to rewrite them. David did it for us. And they're all on the internet. Or you can do what I do sometimes when I just feeling dry and want to remember how big and awesome and beautiful God is. I look at pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope and I go, wow. God's an artist and he works in massive medium. God's an artist who paints in stars with finely, beautifully written laws of science. Or If you've got a phone and you've got the internet, you can easily look at worship music. Worshipping God has never been easier. For all the distractions that phones can provide, they can also make it really, really easy to worship God. So we're going to worship. The band's going to come back up and we're going to sing some more. But first... I'm going to ask you all to stand, if you're able, and we're going to read through this psalm together. It's going to be on the screen in English. If you have, an, if you have another translation with you, great, but we're going to be on screen in English, and we're going to read through it. Lord, our Lord. How majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place what is mankind that you are mindful of them human beings that you care for them 
you have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. 